<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. A desperate search for a missing mom ends in tragedy when her remains are found at the bottom of a cliff. A mother and daughter are arrested accused of pushing that woman off that cliff. Now at least one of the suspects appears to be asking the court for mercy. Former homicide detective Phil Waters joins us to talk all about it. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Well, it is quite the stunning end to a tragic missing persons case in Alabama. I say that because a character reference that was submitted to the court in support of one of the murder suspects in this case calls her a, quote, child of God. Hmm. So Mary Elizabeth Isbell, who had a teenage son, she was last seen in late 2021. Her ex-husband and father of her son posted on Facebook at the time, quote, I actually hate to put this out here on social media, but Facebook covers a wide area. Hasn't heard from his mom since September 6th on his birthday, and he's really worried about her because she's always at least calls him on the holidays. I've talked to her family and no one has heard from her, so he thought about doing a missing person report. You see, human remains were discovered on June 28th and officially identified as Elizabeth on what would have been her 39th birthday. The remains were found at the bottom of a cliff at Little River Canyon Nature Preserve near Fort Payne, Alabama. Authorities, they ended up arresting two suspects, 45-year-old Loretta K. Carr and her daughter, 22-year-old Jesse Eden Kelly. Both have been charged with capital murder. The sheriff says that one of the co-defendants was cooperative, allegedly providing directions on where to find the body. In in the beginning, we knew that there was a possible body there. We just didn't know where. Little River Canyon is like 15,000 acres of national park. There's multiple overlooks that run along Alabama Highway 176. And also, there's multiple overlooks on the Cherokee County side of Little River Canyon. So through working with the uh, co-defendant, we were able to narrow down a couple different locations and that, uh, that, that proved to be very accurate and the information that she gave. According to police reports, officers had searched Mary's home after she was reported missing and found signs of a struggle and they also found a bloody handprint. The blood was determined to be Mary's and the handprint was matched to Kelly because her prints were already in the police database based on previous arrests. Court records lay out what law enforcement thinks happened here, and it's really just a wild story. They say this mother and daughter duo showed up at Mary's home in October of 2021, fought with her. Carr is accused of hitting Mary over the head multiple times with a gun. They then allegedly took her to Carr's home, forcing her to shower, getting rid of evidence, getting rid of blood. And then they take her to the nature preserve. And once there, Kelly says Carr walked Mary to the edge of the cliff and shoved her off. And what is absolutely chilling is that it has been reported that Carr had visited that same nature preserve in 2019 and even posted a selfie to Facebook in the same area where she's accused of killing this woman. Now, a motive for the killing hasn't been released, but authorities did say there was a mutual acquaintance between all three women, possibly a love interest. They are all acquaintances, um, mainly to a boyfriend. So 
I can't give too much details on that right now, but they all do come back to one specific person. So now the pair face these capital murder charges, and this is where the story takes another strange turn because former inmates who served time with Kelly submitted character references on her behalf to a judge, which we typically see during a sentencing. But here, apparently eight letters were submitted, I believe, last week. One saying Kelly is, quote, a kind-hearted child of God. She was also described as naive and an innocent person who may not completely grasp how serious her situation is. Another cellmate, jailmate, said, quote, she is really a bright, well-meaning, and intelligent young woman who I feel could be easily taken advantage of due to her sweet nature and trusting spirit. Let me bring in right now legendary former homicide detective Phil Waters to discuss all this. Phil, always good to see you. I tell you, you know what I was struck with first? I was struck with, if I take the prosecution's narrative as true, the planning that was put forward in this, that was laid out by authorities, kidnapping this woman, taking her back to shower to remove blood, then taking her to a cliff to push her off of it. What did you make of that? Well, good morning, Jesse. Uh, well, it looks like a, a well-executed plan. It's uh, just hearing the, the details of this thing. You do. I do have to wonder if there is some sort of, I don't know what the proper word would be, an impairment of some kind with the daughter. It, it looks like from the description of things here that this was this whole this whole plan, the kidnapping and the murder and so forth was was all the mom seemed to be the ramrod on this whole thing. And so when you get these character references, you know, I'm not sure the your fellow inmates is the is the greatest pool for character references. But however, we get some of these and and uh, the I think one of them you said started out saying she's kind hearted and and I I don't know if they use a the child word of God, a child of God. Well, in a biblical sense, they're correct. You know that she is a child of God, like all of us are. But uh, you know that that reference uh, in in combination with the things that were said before that, you know, it almost sounds as though that description is of a young lady who may have some shortcomings in the uh, you know upstairs here in the brain housing group. So yeah. Uh, and I don't know that. I mean, I'm, well, it, I don't it know that. It, it, it wouldn't even nece necessarily negate her criminal responsibility in the case. It may provide an extra layer. It may tell you something about how this case will progress or perhaps sentencing. But right. I just feel like the idea of how they plan this out, the, the, taking her to shower because they knew that they, I mean, the idea that they wanted to shower to get rid of evidence, throw her off to make it look like, I mean, first of all, the fact that the body wasn't discovered for quite some time. I mean, I'm sure they right. didn't know that, but I'm, they probably want to make it seem like she fell off by accident. Oh, sure. I think that that was kind of the staging of that thing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And, and again, I, and I'm not, I am not in any way, shape, or form excusing the daughter's right, involvement right. in the thing at all. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get my head around how would I approach this person if I was going to interview them, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And, no, and it, by it the was, way, it seems like they were, they, they got some information from the daughter. Right. Right. You know, what I am as a homicide cop and, and, uh, you know, the, the girl, of course, we're only getting a description from what we're getting, but it sounds like the mother was the, the one executing the plan and the daughter comes along and the daughter is approving of what's going on and so forth and so on. And then, you know, and it, supposedly it's over some guy. Now, well, we don't know, you right? Know, it's, it's the reports. It, it could be possibly over this. We're not. We can't hundred uh, percent confirm. Right. But yeah, well, it it's, it, I think the, I think the sheriff's office or whoever the the agency said that it was over a a, a man. I think yeah, they the they quote. had they had some mutual acquaintance of some kind, and it could be yeah. possibly a man. And uh, you know that which leads you to wonder too. I mean, if that is credible in any way. I mean, she's twenty two. Mary at the time was 37, I think. And, and wow, you know, that's a that 15 year spread. I mean, what guy or, or car or car, it could be the mother. We don't really know what, what was going well, that's on. That's true too. That's true too. But the mother's 45. I mean, you know, so yeah. it's just a weird, the whole thing is very strange. Let me ask you about this, about how they were able to figure out who did this or allegedly did this. So investigators first, they matched the blood from the scene to Mary using DNA from an old sexual assault kit that she had filed with uh, the Hartzell Police Department. This is according to local reporting. That's very interesting. Does that happen typically? Well, I don't know that it's typical. I think yeah. that it's fortunate in this particular case that they had that kind of evidence from a, a previous case that they had and were able to shore that up about whose blood was in fact in that in that trailer. So that's just one of those nuances of an investigation that they're trying to get these things and look i give credit again to the detectives there so we've got blood at a scene looks like something's wrong i think there is it's being described as there's a looks like there was a struggle yeah and fortunately they're doing their their background investigation on the possible victim and they come up with this sexual assault kit a same kit that was used years before and were able to verify that the blood in the trailer was, in fact, did belong to Mary. And, so, yeah, and that's just good. That's good uh, detective work. Great detective work. And, you know, you think about that, uh, what a horrible situation that must have been for her in the past. But I don't even know if silver lining is the way, but that it was fortunate that they were able to collect that material to help I solve uh, this murder case. And then the bloody handprint, they matched it to Kelly one of the perpetrators in this case, the one of the suspects, because her prints were already in the system from previous arrests. I think that's one of the things we don't talk about enough is one of the reasons people's fingerprints are taken when they're initially booked because of the possibility of them committing crimes in the future. Now we have something. We have a form of fingerprint. I've, I, it's an interesting question, right? Well, sure. And now we're doing the same thing with DNA. Yeah. So, you know, many, many of the uh, agencies across the country uh, you get put in a in a jail somewhere in a county jail someplace, and your DNA sample is taken. So we've got a whole another resource database besides CODIS, but now we have people we know who the DNA belongs to, and so that's going to help facilitate a, a lot of uh, 
identifying suspects in the, in the future. So yeah, so the fingerprint stuff, yeah, great. Uh, again, a good detective work. They were able to preserve the handprint and and get that uh, get that person identified. And I believe the handprint uh, belonged to the to belong to the mother. Is that no? Is that it actually it? belonged to the daughter. Belonged to the, the daughter. daughter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tough case, tough case. I think it's pretty clear from watching Sidebar and hearing about all the stories we talk about that the world can be pretty scary, pretty unpredictable. And that is especially true if you get injured, if you get seriously hurt. At those times, you need to know how to protect your rights and whether you should be compensated. That's why I want to talk about Morgan & Morgan, our great sponsor here on Sidebar, the largest personal injury law firm in the country. Not all law firms are created equal, and if you're going to take on big insurance companies that sometimes lowball offers, you're going to need a big firm. Morgan & Morgan, they don't settle for those lowball offers either. No, they fight for the money you deserve. Now, if you don't believe me, well, get this. In the past couple of months, Morgan & Morgan saw verdicts of $12 million in Florida, $6.8 million in New York, and $26 million in Philadelphia. Now, mind you, these are all considerably higher than the highest insurance offers for these accidents. I get this. The fee, absolutely free unless you win. Now, what I always am excited to talk about with Morgan & Morgan is how easy they make it for their clients. They have completely modernized the whole process because from submitting your claim to uploading documents to talking with your whole legal team, all be done on your smartphone. How easy is that? You can see if you have a case in just minutes. So to start your claim now with Morgan & Morgan, go to ForThePeople.com slash LC Sidebar or click the link in the description and pinned in the comments. And by the way, uh, Phil, it's our understanding that at the time her mother was arrested, Kelly, she was already locked up in Pennsylvania. She was awaiting extradition on a different felony theft burglary charge, and then she was extradited to uh, Alabama in July. How do you think that factors into things? Because I'm wondering if she did have a conversation with police and she was already, uh, uh, you know, in their crosshairs. What do you think about that? Well, I'd be curious to know if the detectives in Alabama went to Pennsylvania and interviewed her there. So, which is what I would have done. But uh, you know, so it's we we get all these these links now. Of course, the, then the question is, what is she doing in Pennsylvania? Uh, and then she's got this. I think it's a felony theft thing from Missouri. Is that correct? What we discovered uh, there. You don't have to worry about the the state. It's, oh, we're kind of free okay. so, here. Well, my point is here is that. She appears to be doing the round robin there in terms of committing crimes in a, in a variety of different places. And then, of course, the, she's got the, uh, the big one in Alabama there involved in the capital murder of uh, Mary. So and, it's, uh, and again, we don't know exactly who was cooperating with law enforcement, but it, it just it, it was right. interesting to me that you had um, this the daughter who was already facing some. And by the way, as we mentioned, her, her previous arrests police link her to this killing and the fact that she was already incarcerated and awaiting extradition on a different charge um, is just really interesting to say the least. So what do you think this is going to make its way to trial? I mean, right now we have these charges. We have some what I think is pretty significant evidence. I, I would think, uh, you know, it's the potentiality also of the death penalty on the table. So what do you think about it? Well, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. And I know, again, it's, it's a capital murder case. So you're right. It, you've got the death penalty in play here. It may be down the road. It may be take it off the table, get them to uh, you know, plead to life with no parole, that kind of thing. That'll be, of course, later determined by the prosecutors and whether how they want to go forward with this case. They're going to discuss it with the family, with Mary's family. 
uh, and, and get everybody's input into this thing before they proceed. So it will be interesting. It, it's just it's just a very, as this thing starts to unfold, it's going to be interesting to me just to see the history of the mom and the daughter all together. It almost sounds yeah. like we've got a Bonnie and Bonnie thing going on here. Right? I mean, do you usually see this? Do you usually, have you, in your career, have you seen a mother-daughter criminal duo or a father-son criminal duo? I don't recall a case that I work specifically where we have that kind of a, a component going on, but I, I've certainly seen those types of cases around the yeah. around the country where we've got a we've got a, a parent and a child, and for whatever reason they've decided to collaborate in some sort of criminal enterprise together. What a case, Phil Waters! Great seeing you, my friend. Great. Appreciate it. Good seeing you, Jesse. Always. All right, everybody, that is all we have for you right now here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.